Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. We want to welcome everybody joining us today at all of our Christ Fellowship locations here at Gardens, up in Vero. We love you down in Boca. God bless you guys. Everybody joining us online. And uh, a special shout out to the men at the Okeechobee Correctional, Martin Correctional, and Sable Palms Correctional Institutions, our prison campus locations. We love you men. We're praying for you today. Also, for all the guys of the house, Diesel is coming up. and. It's selling out fast. Like Gardens only has about a couple hundred tickets left. They'll be gone probably this week. But if you don't get into Gardens, we'll be live up at Port St. Lucie on Friday night. And if you've never driven up to Port St. Lucie, you ought to come on up, Port St. Lucie. It's awesome up there. And we look forward to seeing you, amen? Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Hey, well, we are in week three of our series, Formed. And this has been so great so far. And this series is all about the process that we as Christ followers, that we walk through, that, that God is forming us and shaping us to be more like Jesus every day of our lives. And, and our key verse is found in Romans 8.29, and it says this. It says that God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. We see the original and intended shape of our lives in him, that, that we are, are being formed and shaped into the likeness of Jesus. And this process, what we've been talking about is this process to become more like Jesus, it's not just part of our Christian faith, right. it is actually the point yeah. of our Christian faith, yeah. that we would become more and more like Jesus and reflect his image to fulfill his purpose. And, and what I love about this series is it pertains to all of us. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, whether you've been walking with Jesus for 10 minutes or 10 years, right? Because we all wanna become more like Jesus. We all wanna let him shape us, amen, into his image and into his likeness. Week one, we talked about the distinction between a Christian and a disciple. Right. A lot of people claim to be Christians, but in the, in the Bible, the word that was used is this Greek word called mathites. And mathites means a follower, and an apprentice, and it applies this close connection between the pupil and the student, so much so that the, the, the student wants to, to learn the teacher's nuances and preferences so that the whole purpose is to become like the teacher. C.S. Lewis, a great um, Christian author and theologian, said this. He said, if you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire, and if you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy and power, peace, eternal life, you must get, must get close to or even into the thing that has them. And that thing is Jesus. Yeah, so true. And you know, um, Todd told you just a couple weeks back that we went and took a pottery class together to get into the spirit of this, of this series formed. And, and we brought our masterpieces with us today. So this is actually Todd's ashtray there it is. right the yeah. world's smallest ashtray one cigarette only I don't even right know if they, right i don't even know if they make cigarettes that small so if you're this trying is, to quit i'll let you have it this is 
this is mine. I'm not even sure what that is. They but, started out so big, and yeah, then they, they just ended up huge. To this, but, but you know, when I walked in in the door of the studio, I had really high aspirations because I looked around the studio and I saw all of these beautiful pottery pieces, right? And and when I saw those, I thought, yes, I can do this. And when they placed this this lump of clay in my hand, that my lump of clay looked exactly like the lump of clay that they placed in the instructor's hands. Yeah. And so, so you can imagine that, um, that I had some high hopes here. But what happened as we went along the way was things started to change a little bit. And I just want you to imagine just for a minute that this lump of clay had feelings and emotions. I, I know it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but just stick with me for a minute. So, so this lump of clay actually had aspirations, right? Because this lump of clay had seen other lumps that looked just like him, that went before him, that, that were placed on the potter's wheel. And, and they, he saw those lumps turn into beautiful, useful, functional pottery pieces. But that day, you can imagine Lumpy's disappointment when on that day, instead of becoming this, he became this, Todd's <laughs> ashtray, right? And, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but, but what I want you to hear is that the, this clay, when it was placed in my well-meaning but very inexperienced hands, right, it, its destiny was determined, right? But, but, the, but the, the clay placed in a master potter's hands, it actually fulfilled its potential. It fulfilled its potential to become a beautiful, masterful masterpiece. See, that, that's what a master um, potter can do. Yeah. He can create unique, beautiful, yes. millions of pieces. Yes. But here's what I want you to know. The only difference between what happened to my lump of clay and the instructor's lump of clay was, was whose hands the clay was in. Right. Who was actually doing the shaping. Right. Here's what I need you to know, is that, that all of us, are being shaped by someone or something. And every single day, we are being transformed into the person that we are gonna be in the future. And formation is not just a Christian thing, it's actually a human thing. And the question isn't, are we being formed? The question is, who is forming you? That's right. Scripture tells us very clearly in Isaiah 64 and uh, Jeremiah 18 that we are like this clay. We are pliable. We are moldable. But if we're not careful, what will happen is we'll experience what I like to call unintentional formation. We'll We'll be formed and shaped by the things that are happening around us, by what culture condones or what our friends on Facebook feel that week or what the news media feeds us or what's trending on on TikTok, those things will begin to shape our lives and we'll have unintentional formation in our lives. But the early disciples of Jesus, they they had intentional formation. And intentional formation requires intentional commitment. See, Jesus didn't just come to make our lives better. He came to show us a whole new way to live, amen? In John 10, 10, when he said, I have for you this abundant life that is full of purpose and full of destiny and full of his power, you don't experience that kind of life by just asking Jesus to join your life. Sometimes people just ask Jesus to join their life. Lord, just bless my family. Lord, bless what I'm gonna do today. Lord, bless my work, bless my career. No, 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 no. It's not about Jesus accepting our invitation to step into our life. It's about you accepting Jesus's invitation 
to follow him. Not about you, you, him just accepting yours to kind of weave in when he can, but, but you accepting the invitation to come and follow him. In John, Jesus said, I am the way. And that word way means a road traveled. He's saying you can jump on this way and this way is gonna change your life. And when we look at the life of Jesus during his three years of ministries, there were three, three things that shaped his life that I believe these same three things have got to shape our lives. First, we see that he was shaped by his partnership with God and with the Holy Spirit. Yes, he came to the earth fully God, but he also was fully man, which meant he had to stay fully dependent on the Holy Spirit, fully dependent on God. It was a partnership that he had. Then we see that there were practices, habits in his life. There, there was a rhythm to his life, things that he did every day, things that he did every week that actually put him in a position to be able to fulfill his mission. So that there was, there was a partnership, there were practices, and then there, there, were, there were people. Jesus was all about people. Jesus is all about community. He's all about this, right? I mean, you think about his first miracle. It took place at a party where he turned water into wine. He was the guy that said, Zacchaeus, come down. We're going to go have lunch at your house today. Jesus was all the time. He was hanging out with people, having yeah. meals, laughing, having a good time. Yeah, so true. And you know, when we ask Jesus to, to come into our life and be the Lord of our life, we are actually accepting this invitation to a new way of life. Salvation, it isn't the finish line, it's actually the starting line into this new way. And you know, when we, when we ask him into our heart, it's not just about going to heaven someday, it's about following him every single day. Right. See, when we, at that moment of salvation, we enter into this partnership. He is the rabbi, the teacher, and we are the student. Yep. He's the leader, we're the follower. Right. He's the potter, we're the clay. And in John 15, Jesus gives us this really clear picture of what this partnership is supposed to look like. And, and this passage is like this metaphor to help his disciples and us to know how to, to stay close and connected to Jesus, even though that they weren't gonna be able to see him anymore. How to follow him closely, even if they couldn't see him physically. And, and we find the scripture in John 15, it starts in verse four, and it says this. It says, remain in me, and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So here's, here's the partnership. He's the vine, he's, he's the root, he's the life source. And we are an extension, we, we are the branches, so, so we, we stay connected to him. That's the only way, as a branch, that we're gonna be able to produce fruit. Yeah. And what, what this, the fruit that, that it's talking about here is, is the fruit of the spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians when he says that when we stay connected, we're gonna have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, that, that over time, if we stay connected, that, that this is the fruit we're gonna see in our lives. Our, our character's gonna change. Our lifestyle is gonna change. Yep. But that doesn't just happen. Fruit like this doesn't just happen. It happens when you remain. And that word remain in, in the original Greek means to live in, to take up residence, to establish 
permanent, a permanent address. You know, what, what remaining means is that, that I am gonna stay right here. I'm staying right here. I'm taking up residence in your presence. I'm gonna remain with you because I know that, that there is gonna be power in this process. As long as I stay connected, there's a process, and, and over time, that real fruit, lasting fruit, is going to develop. And when we think about this whole idea of partnership with God, it can be really confusing sometimes, because there's a lot of Christians who, who kind of get this, get this wrong. They kind of swing to one side of the pendulum, and, and many times, there's many in some camps that are like, being a Christian is all about this list of do's and don'ts, what to wear, what not to wear, what we're against instead of what God is for, and, and this, this pendulum swing can actually lead to legalism, and, and this, this idea of partnership, that, that it, it actually can lead to legalism, and so many times people hide their struggles, or they give up too soon because the bar is just too high. But in response to that, a lot of Christians have swung the entire other end of the, of the pendulum where, where it's like, you know, it's all about grace. You, know, you don't have to do anything. You just let go. You let God. You can do, God loves you. God is love, so he's going to love you no matter what you do, which is true, but it was never meant to be a standalone doctrine of our Christian faith, right? So when, when uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says that we are co-laborers with Christ. Co means partnership. Labor means work, right? So Dallas Willard said it this way. He's a leading theologian in spiritual formation. He said like this, grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. See, remaining and staying in, in this, to, connected to the life source, again, it, it's a partnership. It's going to take effort, but you don't have to do it alone. You can stay connected. And this is, the, this is the point when it comes to partnership. Without God, we can't do it. Right. But without us, he won't do it. Yeah. And that's what partnership is all about. Yeah, it is. Last week, Lance uh, put it this way. He said, when you are born, you look like your parents, but when you get old, you look like your habits. Think about that, friend. When you're born, you look like your parents, but when you get old... Some of you, we're getting there. You, we look like our habits, right? And now habits can be good habits and habits can be bad habits. Right. And uh, many habits we pick up and that we don't even know that we have them. Just ask Julie. She can tell you all about mine. I got a few. You know what I'm saying? Those are unintentional formations. They're shaping our lives. But listen to me. This is important. Write this down. Practices are premeditated. Practices are premeditated, they're, they're calculated, you, you plan for it. And just as practices form healthy habits, spiritual practices form spiritual healthy habits that make us become more like Jesus. In fact, I would tell you that without spiritual healthy habits, you and I will never look like Jesus. So what were the spiritual habits that Jesus had? Because we're trying to look like him. Well, one is we saw that he prayed all the time. He just carried on a conversation with God all the time. It was this dialogue. He would get alone with God. That wasn't just enough to, to as he was walking away, but man, he would go early in the morning and spend time in, in prayer. We, we see him reading scriptures, even though he 
is the scripture. That would be awkward. I'm going to read myself. I mean, that's what he was doing. I mean, he, he, he fasted for spiritual focus and to overcome temptation. He, he worshiped in the synagogue and in houses and in the temples, and he practiced obedience every day of his life, even though it cost him everything. And can I tell you, these same practices are what it's gonna take for you and me to put us in a position to experience the change of the power and the presence of God in our life. Without them, we will not change. So here's what I know. Um, there are so many of you that have come to Julie and me through the years and asked us to pray for you and say, oh, I'm just trying to overcome this bad habit, this addiction in my life, and I keep trying, but I keep, I keep failing, I keep falling down, or man, I wanna be, I wanna be better, I wanna get rid of this anger that I have towards my, my kids or, I, or my wife, I, I, wanna, I wanna have more faith, Todd, would you pray for me? I'm just trying so hard. Can I tell you, every time you try hard, you get weaker, because you're trying, right? God knew that all the trying in the world that you could muster up is not enough for you to overcome a bad habit right. or an addiction in your life or help you, give you patience to raise teenagers, dear God. Right. You know, not, not, you can't try. Yeah. We, you've heard us say this before. It's not about trying, it's about training. And training is all about the practices that you put in place. You could not decide this week to go out and run a 26 mile marathon if you ain't running. You ain't gonna make it. Oh, I'm gonna try. Doesn't matter, you're gonna fail, right? You, you couldn't sit down at a piano if you've never sat down at a piano before and say, I'm gonna play a, a Mozart piece. <laughs> no, you ain't gonna do that. It's gonna sound horrible, right? Now, if you go to practice and you practice, practice, practice and you train, 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 then you could do about anything because in both of these cases, it's not that you can't, it's just that you can't yet. Right. There is power yeah. in practice. Yeah, and even when you don't feel like it, showing up for practice, you're gonna get better and stronger every time that you do. Any athlete will tell you that. They don't start as a professional athlete. They started yeah. one step at a time, over time, in yeah. practice. And yeah. you know, you may not believe this, but Todd and I are pastors, but there are times we don't feel like reading the Bible. Shocker. Feel like praying. What? And I remember, you know, there was a season, honestly, of several weeks where, where I remember having my quiet time and going, I, well, I really didn't get much out of that. And my day really didn't go that much better because I had it. I'm just gonna be honest with you. But I remember that there were scriptures that I read in those moments that God reminded me of in moments weeks later. I needed what happened in that moment to give me the strength to walk through a situation a couple weeks down the road. But that moment would have ha not have happened if I had not just shown up. So every time you show up to spend time with God, in the morning, in your quiet time, you're, you're learning to hear the voice of God through his word. Every, every time that, that you spend time in the word, you're, you're, you get to know his heart and you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. Every time you show up for church like this, instead of, of staying in bed a few minutes longer or, or when the beach or the boat is calling you, you're actually aligning your life with his purposes. And you may not see the results immediately, but, but if you're trying to get in shape, you are not gonna see results on day one, day two, but it's over time with consistency, the change happens. Yeah. Yep. I love this quote that, that Lance told us last week from the book Compound Effect. It's, it's that small choices plus consistency plus time will bring about radical change. Yeah. So the question is, on this first section, is what practices do you need to put in place? Because Jesus had practices in place. 
But he didn't just have practices in his life, he also had people in his life. So many times um, when we read scripture, we read it from a Western mindset, like this is just to me. This is God's word to me. And it is, but it's more correctly God's word to to us. So we can read that verse like Julie read in, Matthew, in John chapter 15, where Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Uh, we may think, yes, Jesus is the vine and I, I am the branch. That's who I am. I'm going to bear much fruit, right? But like in many passages, the word you there, you are the branches is plural. So a better translation would be, I am the vine and you all together are the branches, God's plan was that we would be connected to Jesus, but that we would be interconnected to each other. It's like a picture of our new family tree right here. But we live in such an individualistic society that most of the time we read it differently than what the New Testament writers were writing it. It says that we are more than conquerors. Not you by yourself are more than a conqueror. No, 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 by yourself on the battlefield, you're going down, buddy. But together... In the body of Christ, woo, you are not the body of Christ. You're a part of the body of Christ. You might be the toenail, but you're a part of the body of Christ, right? Together, we are the body. And so, in fact, there are actually um, 59 commands in Scripture that you cannot fulfill apart from God's people. Pray for one another, encourage one another, honor one another, forgive one another, put up with each other. That's in there. Put up because he knew there was going to be times you're going to have to put up with me. Yeah. And what we have to realize is the New Testament writers, they, they wrote with the assumption of two things. They wrote assuming that if you were a believer, that you would be in community. That, that's the assumption. You're going to be in community. And the second assumption is, is that community is messy. Yep. Right? People are going to get on our nerves. It is going to be messy. It's going to be hard work. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect small group. But this was God's perfect plan to form us. And biblical community is, is this gift that each of us has been given. It's, this, it's part of our spiritual inheritance that God has given us to, to form us and to shape us. And I know this isn't a very spiritual analogy, but, it, but it's the best one that I could think of. So um, as I've told you before, I really like Marvel movies. And, and I, I've watched all of them. And, and especially the, the beginning movies, they, they were okay, right? Um, you have all the individual superhero movies. But, but when, you, when you look, when they got better and better is when the Avengers showed up, yeah. right? When the Avengers showed up, it was amazing because they could do so much more together than they could ever do on their own. And when you think about Tony Stark in the original Iron Man movie, he was actually selfish, self-centered, arrogant, but by the 35th movie, right? I think that's about how many, 35th Avenger movie, the end game, it was Tony Stark that actually laid his life down to save the world and to save the team. And this happened in community over time. Yes. And, and not only did that happen, but, but together they, they saved the world together, something they could have never done on their own. But when it comes to our spiritual community, it, I think it's important that we realize that, that this spiritual community, there's a difference between these just relationships that we have and and, and the even though we have lots of relationships and they're valuable, they're meaningful, but there's a difference between these relationships that whether or not we know it or not, they are shaping yeah. our lives and our values. Yeah. There's a difference 
between that, our relationships, and what, what Jesus was talking about and what Jesus modeled and what we're talking about today in biblical community. He modeled what we're talking about to be in a close, committed relationship with other Christian Christ followers. Yep. And this is so important. Some of them might be already in your family, but if you don't have them in your family, you don't have to miss out on this. And this is so important that we don't miss it because we will become most like the people that we hang out with the most. Right. And in 2023, we are living in the most digitally connected society in the history of mankind and yet relationally disconnected yeah. at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And in order to be in real biblical community that's gonna shape us, it's gonna require some effort. It might even get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But putting the effort in, for us and for so many people we know, it has been the game changer yes, in our lives. Yes, it has shaped us more than anything else that we can tell you. And it's not because our time with Jesus wasn't important or, or it was less important, it's that being in community is where we learn how to live out our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. It's, it, it, it informs everything that we do and everything that he is speaking to us. And I remember that, um, that for us, um, that all through our formation, when I look back, that I remember confession. Confession of my sin has actually formed who I am. As a, as a high school student, when I, when I told my group leader what I was struggling with, and she began to hold me accountable to the, the commitments that I had already made. It was the beginning of my freedom journey. I found freedom in community. When I was in college, I remember um, uh, vitally working to stay connected to a biblical community when you're in college. Dear God, college can get crazy. You know what I'm talking about? I would drive 30 minutes one way just to be a part of a life-giving biblical community every Sunday that I could get down there. And, and it changed my life. And then when Julie and I got married, we intentionally got uh, aligned with other married couples that were trying to follow Jesus because we knew that if we wanted to have a marriage that was going to last, we needed to surround ourselves with other couples that were heading in the same direction as us. Not that we couldn't have other friends, but the ones closest to us were always pushing us closer yeah. to Jesus. And I remember, you know, going through miscarriages and infertility and some of the, the darkest nights of the soul. And it was the people that were around us in community that believed for us when we could not believe for ourselves. That, that we depended on their prayers. And encouragement came in that community. Our faith was actually formed and, and made stronger in that community. And see, being in biblical community, it's, it's about being part of the spiritual family. It's, it's what God intended us to do in this, this beautiful, diverse group of people, right, that, that are all in different parts of our spiritual journey. Some are still trying to, trying to figure it out, what this whole following Jesus means. And, but it's about committing to this family. It's about committing to his people, his church. This is the place in community that's going to form you. Our relationship with Jesus is actually lived out. That, that our, our rough edges are worked out yep. in the larger community and yep. then in smaller yep. groups in community yep. of, of relationships where we can be vulnerable and held accountable. God wants to use his people to shape you. And, and what I want you to hear is we don't want you to miss this. 
Because if you miss this, you're gonna miss out on your faith being strengthened. You're gonna miss out on on the encouragement and the deepest joy that can come even in the hardest of times. You're gonna miss out on the wisdom of those who go before you. We don't want you to miss out. See, we don't want you to miss any of this. We want your life to be shaped into the masterpiece that God intended it to be. We don't want you to be Todd's ashtray. Don't be Todd's ashtray. This is not God's purpose and plan for you. He has so much more for you. And you know, I was thinking that, you know, maybe you're here today and, and, um, and, and you're wondering, you're, you've been walking through a bad habit or an addiction, you're thinking, can, can I really change them? Is transformation really possible? Or maybe you, you failed at something and you're thinking, you know, can I really change? Can I really be more patient with my kids and stop flying off the handle? Can, can I really overcome the bitterness from the pain that, that, that happened because of what someone did to me? Is transformation really possible for me? And the answer is yes, yes, a thousand times yes. yes. Transformation is possible, but it is not inevitable. Come on. It can only happen when we are in partnership with the Holy Spirit and that that we're putting into practice the practices of Jesus to strengthen our faith and that that we have people around us to help work it all out in our lives. It's it's possible, but not inevitable. That's so good. So we gotta do something. So here's our challenge to you. We have two challenges for you with this message. You need to start practicing and you need to start peopling. I don't know if that's a real word, but it is today. You're gonna start practicing and you're gonna start peopling. So in practicing, it goes back to asking yourself the question, what spiritual practices do you need to put in place this week that will allow the Spirit of God to begin to shape you more and more? It might be being consistent with that quiet time, getting alone with God, getting in the Word, writing those scriptures down on your notes so that you can begin to to meditate on those scriptures. It could be just like, I try to practice the presence Practice the presence. Remind myself the Holy Spirit is with me when I'm driving on 995. And the Holy Spirit is with me when I'm going to that next meeting and when I'm facing that problem. He's with you at your work. He's with you at school. So how do you actually practice the presence of him being with you and stewarding the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's an awareness. Could be that you need to sign up for a spiritual gym class. We've got all of our classes starting up, all of our groups starting up. Uh, It all starts here. It's starting in these next couple weeks. Sign up today. Say, I'm gonna put myself in a place where I can develop healthy spiritual practices. Start practicing. And then start peopling. And we know that, that we're, you guys are all busy. We're busy people, right? And so we're not asking you to add more to your plate. We're just asking you to take your relationship to another level. And you know, we're all really busy, but did you know that the average person spends about two and a half hours a day, average, on social media, on on Instagram, Pinterest, and on their smartphone? That's 17 hours a week. What if you just took two of those hours and instead of connecting digitally that you you started connecting in community, right? If you're a young adult, you show up on Tuesday nights. If you're a college student on Thursday nights, getting around people that are gonna cheer you on and call you up. Students, that you're you're stepping into student ministries where you're gonna have student leaders like I did that are gonna be able to help you be accountable to the commitments that you're making. We have sisterhood groups and crew groups and connect groups, so many different ways that that you can get connected in community. 
and then be a part of, of being, having your rough edges worked out, iron yeah. sharpening iron, having yeah. the strength of people praying for you in every season of your life. We don't want you to miss it. So start practicing and start peopling. We're gonna have a time of prayer um, in just a moment, but I love that this weekend aligned with communion weekend because communion is based in community. There's union in communion. In fact, when Jesus gathered with his disciples in the upper room, they gathered around the meal to celebrate Passover. And Passover was a time when the whole community stopped what they were doing to gather together to celebrate the grace of God and the mercy of God in their lives, which is what we're doing today together in communion. In Luke chapter 22, when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, Again, that's a plural verb. He's saying, you all do this together in remembrance of me. Come together to celebrate in community the grace and the goodness of God. And when we gather around the Lord's Supper, it reminds us just how wide and deep and strong the love of God is to cover up all of our differences and all of our mistakes and all of our sins. I mean, just look around the room that you're sitting in. There's a lot of us here. But the grace of God, the blood of Jesus covers us all. In fact, it's this meal that actually brings us together. Where other, what other place and what other thing in the world would bring us together? I mean, people from all different nationalities, all different backgrounds, ethnicities, even different political groups, all gathered together under the blood of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? This meal unites us. This meal defines us and brings us together as the body of Christ. It is the most communal sacrament that we have, and as we share in this today, I pray that it would remind you that he is the vine and we together are the branches, that we would make a renewed commitment to stay connected to him and interconnected with one another so that he can shape us into who he's making us to be. The teams at uh, your campus is gonna come and lead us to a time of, of worship. It's really just a reflection of Lord shaping my life. And I want that to be your prayer as you hear them sing these words over you, that you would pray, Lord shape my life. What practices, what peopling do I need to put in place that you can do your full work in me? And then the campus pastors are gonna come and lead you collectively through the time of communion together. Church, Julie and I want you to know we love you and we're praying so earnestly right now that this season that we're in, this series that we're going through, it will forever mark your life and that you will see the Spirit of God do more in you and in your family than you could ever think, hope, or imagine through the power of His Holy Spirit. Would you join me as we pray together today? Lord, we wanna thank you for your word that reminds us of who we are and reminds us of what you wanna do in our life. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that um, in this time of reflection, that we would let you shape us and make us speak to every heart that is here right now. Lord, there's, there's things that you wanna change in us and we need to let you do that. And Lord, I pray that through this time of communion, we would recommit ourselves to this process of you shaping and molding us, of staying connected to you, our life source, and staying interconnected with one another. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. 
And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.